The views expressed on this program are not necessarily the views of Lexington Community Radio or its board of directors. The views expressed are solely those of the programmers. You are listening to Off the Cuff. Now, here's your host, Adam Banks. Welcome, everybody, to Off the Cuff. I am Adam Banks coming at you live from Lexington, Kentucky. Thank you for listening to the show, and thank you for tuning in to WLXU 93.9 FM. In addition to listening to us on the radio, you can check out our Facebook live stream at Off the Cuff with Adam Banks, or you can download the Radio Lex app on your smartphone device, or you could live stream us from the web at radiolex.us to listen to us anywhere in the entire world. Amber Turner and I are both broadcasting from the Deborah Hensley Studios here at Radio Lex on North Limestone. Amber, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? You're, I'm, you're smiling at me awkwardly. I'm doing good. It's because every time I'm doing the intro, she tries to make me laugh, folks. So I don't try. It's I'm a struggle just to get through the intro without someone making me laugh. But Amber, you look very nice. What do they call uh, shirts like that? Blouses? Blouses. What's the difference between a shirt and a blouse? I've always wondered that. Um, I think blouses are just uh, more, uh, I guess, put together, professional. And when I think shirts. I think like t-shirts and stuff like that. Put together, like it's got more to it. It's got more character to it than just sleeves. Yeah. Well, did you know in the 90s, men wore blouses too? <laughs> they did. It was. Did, a, did you wear a blouse in the no, 90s? I, I wasn't in high school in the 90s, but like if you watch old reruns of 90210, Beverly Hills 90210, you can see men wearing blouses. Yes. I it, think well, the best one's Jerry uh, Seinfeld. I almost said Springer. Jerry Seinfeld when he's got the puffy the puffy shirt. <laughs> it's funny watching those old sh- old shows because you can see the men blouses. But I am doing good. As you know, and the audience knows, I moved into my house just a couple of months ago. Wait, you moved into a house? Yes. And uh, with moving into a house, guess, guess what you get? You get neighbors. Absolutely. And I've been really trying. I've been trying really hard with my neighbor. Uh, his I don't want to reveal his name or anything, but he is my neighbor. Yeah. And I I want to be a good neighbor. Yeah, I don't well, I don't want to be a bad neighbor. I want to be a good one. So what's your definition of a good neighbor just, before we go any further? Okay, a good neighbor is just somebody who kind of stays to himself. Yeah, but but is friendly. You're and, like State Farm. They only call you when they need you. Yeah, but you know, and I also don't want to be you know rude. I want to make sure he I'm welcoming whenever I see him and everything. So I go beyond. I kind of go out of my way to be nice. Yeah. But, Amber, I don't know if it's working. Yeah, it's not. I don't know if it's working because... And and you know this this guy is from a from another country. Yeah, and he is from a foreign descent. And whenever you are dealing with someone from a different country other than the one that you're originally from, they are you usually are dealing with a different culture. So I don't know if it's just the way I'm coming across. I don't know if it's just my tone of voice. If it's my nonverbal, but it's we're, it's just not connecting with him. Yeah, and it, it's it's got me. Concerned. But Amber, it's like that for all people. The way we act here in America, just because we live here in America and we have this American culture that we practice every day, doesn't make it the right way. No. It doesn't make it the normal way. There's a lot of customs that we do that 
other countries find weird. So, Amber, I started doing some research, and I found normal behavior that we do as Americans that people from different countries find offensive. I'm going to be all over this list. I can already feel it. Well, and it's it blows my mind. Some of the things that we do here that mean the complete opposite in different countries. Oh, I'm gearing up. I'm going to have to write these down. Well, so, now, according to this list, there are some things I wish that we would adopt here in this country after reading it. Because <laughs> there's this thing called ethocentrism. And ethocentrism means that when you feel like that your culture is is and your country is superior to everyone else's. The way you do things is superior. And I don't want to be ethocentric. Yeah. I know that we as Americans are very weird. We are very bizarre and peculiar people. And it doesn't make it right that we act the way we do. So I do, after doing this research, I have found some things that I wish we would adopt. Okay. Did you know that tipping is something that Many countries don't do besides America. I, you know, I, that is something I'm becoming more and more aware about. Um, yeah. Japan and South Korea consider it as an insult mm-hmm. to tip because they feel like that you are insulting them for doing the job that they were supposed to do good anyway. Yeah. And isn't it so weird how here in America we are so obsessed with tipping? If you don't tip enough or if you tip too too little or, or it's... They make a whole opinion about you. I had a girl one time tell me she did not like me at all because she says I was a horrible tipper. Oh. Yeah. And who I, told you that? Uh, just some girl that worked at Shamrocks. Oh, well, yeah. do you tip her bad? I know $2 for like a $9 <laughs> meal. <laughs> Boy, <that's... laughs> but, uh, yeah, tipping. So, sitting in the back of a cab, while it's customary for Americans to do that, get in the back of a cab, mm-hmm. in Australia New Z- and New Zealand, Parts of Ireland, Scotland, and the Netherlands, it's considered rude not to ride shotgun. Well, you've already adopted that. Throwing a thumbs up. How many times here in America do we throw the thumbs up? What's that mean? Good job or, you know, (laughs) great. You know, in a lot of countries, especially the Middle East, Latin America, Western Africa, Russia, and Greece, a thumbs up is basically the same meeting as holding the middle finger up here in America. So, I mean, imagine how misconstrued your messages could get if you're always constantly going around saying, hey, man, hey, good how's job, it going? Man. What's it going? <laughs> Hold up your thumb. I mean, people will really could take that the wrong way. Yeah, you see people on the side of the road here, you know, hitchhikers. I know that's not a thing anymore. I wonder how many people, though, went by and they were like, why do Americans stand and flip us off? <laughs> laughing with your mouth open in Japan, laughing, uh, laughter that exposes your pearly whites is considered horse-like and impolite. Wow. So sort of like noisy, open-mouth eating is considered rude to Americans. Uh-huh. If you laugh with your mouth open, uh-huh. that's considered rude in Japan. Neat. Yeah. Ain't that what a horse sounds like? Well, you know, when somebody has a really loud laugh. Now, I can't make fun of people with loud laughs because I've got one. Say. But a lot of them sound like horses when they laugh. I know. So another thing that people from different countries find offensive that we do here in America is when people here in the USA call this place America and not USA. They call it America because places such as South America, they find it rude because they're feeling like that we're claiming the whole entire uh, that side of the world is just ours. Yeah, <laughs> Being fashionably late is something that we do here in America. Uh, you know, being, you know, five... Six minutes late in other countries, that's a no-no. 
Now I'll finally agree with something on this list. Yes. Okay, here's another one. Having one hand in your pocket. Mm -hmm. Having one hand in your pocket. This is considered arrogant in Turkey as well as some Asian countries like South Korea. Well, they probably don't like Alanis Morissette. Didn't she have a whole song about one hand in my pocket? I got one hand in (laughs) my pocket. And the other one giving a thumbs up. (laughs) (laughs) Using your left hand for anything in other countries most of the time is considered rude. What about you, Southpaw? And I found this fascinating because not all cultures have or use toilet paper, Amber. And they tend to use their left hand in lieu of it. (laughs) Accepting gifts, eating, or doing pretty much anything with your left hand in much of Africa, India, uh, anywhere in the Middle East is like a slap in the face to them because that's your poop hand. (laughs) I never thought I would ever. (laughs) they don't use toilet paper. They just wipe their tail with their hand, with their bare left hand. And in other countries, if you go and offer like a handshake and you're left-handed, they're going to want to hit you because you're offering them your poop hand. (laughs) Well, I'll be like, boys, we don't have poop hands where I come from. (laughs) (laughs) Opening a present... Immediately is considered rude in most Asian countries, most notably China and India. Tearing into a gift in front of the gift giver is poor form. It looks greedy. I mean... I mean, there's no arguing. Yeah. It. That's just how they feel in yeah. other countries. But how many times here in America do we get something we just want to tear into it just quickly? I mean, nine times out of ten. Here's one that I'm glad that here in America we do, but apparently other countries think that this is very offensive. Wearing sweatpants, flip-flops, wrinkly clothing, or baseball caps (laughs) in public is considered rude, okay? I call that Walmart attire. Right. (laughs) Especially the wrinkly clothes. Uh So it's considered rude in notably Japan and most of Europe if you have a appearance like that. They consider that a sloppy appearance. Like an unkept person. Yes. Well, I get you. Yes. Uh, Altering your meal as far as like putting salt or asking for ketchup or soy sauce may raise some eyebrows in places like France, Spain, and Japan because they find it odd that you are asking for something uh, to enhance your food because that's an insult to the chef that made it. Well, jokes on them. I carry all them condiment packets in my in my purse. So uh, thank you, good old USA. So when we go, we got ketchup. Showing the soles of your feet is considered rude in most Arab, Muslim, Hindu, and Buddhist countries. They say it's the sign of disrespect if you expose the bottom of your feet. Oh, I was gonna say, is it shoes on or? Sand shoes or sand shoes? I guess it would just be the soles of your feet is the way I took it. Just isn't the soles of your feet the bottom of your feet? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So if you let them see the bottom of your feet, that's considered rude. But don't you think it's weird when you see the bottom of anybody's feet? Don't you feel like that's an intimate thing to see of somebody? (laughs) It is very intimate, especially when it's uh, in awkward circumstances. Keeping your shoes on is something that we do here in America when you walk into people's houses. I mean, it could go either way. I'm more of a take-your-shoes-off type of guy because we've had a whole show on this before. What's on the bottom of your shoes is disgusting. (laughs) But uh, in other countries, you most definitely need to take off your shoes when you walk into other people's homes. Oh, yeah. Especially in Asian and Caribbean cultures. Uh, Drinking someone else's alcohol 
is considered very rude in other countries. Hey, I think it's That's, like that here in America. Yeah, it's rude here. Especially in Norway. Men showing skin is rude. It's rare to see topless men in South Korea where men even keep their shirts on at the beach. Oh, wow. Imagine what they think of American men. You know, we've got men that wear thong, you know, bikinis to the beach. <laughs> and they have to, you know, dudes over there have to wear shirts. <laughs> Uh, you, I can see, after reading some of these, why a lot of people dislike just American people, because we're so different, and we do things that they find so offensive and rude. They probably, I mean, that's why they think we are sloppy. They see us in our wrinkled clothes, walking around with our shoes on in the house, talking about myself there. Well, you know, when we have something happen to us, like we get into grad school or law school or something like that, we what do we do here in America? We go celebrate it. Mm-hmm. But you might have a friend that's from a foreign country that might not want to celebrate with you. Don't get mad at him if you don't want to celebrate with you because he might take that as arrogant because mm-hmm. in a lot of countries they find celebrations arrogant when you celebrate successes so don't get mad at somebody from a foreign country just because they don't agree with with that that's just not the way they are their culture's different ain't it uh, different strokes for different folks exactly eating anywhere that doesn't serve food is considered rude i mean i get that why are you eating food in a Non-food place. Yes, that's in Rwanda and Japan mostly. Telling people to help themselves uh, while you think you're being a host extraordinaire by opening up your home to someone and essentially telling them to feel right at home. In some cultures, like in Asia, this hands-off approach is uncomfortable. To them, hosting guests is a little more involved. So I've been to places in Ecuador where people really take care of you when you're a guest in their home. I mean, they're opening doors for you. They're getting things for you. They don't just say, help yourself. Because when people come over to my house, I say, help yourself. Yeah, do whatever you want. Help yourself. That's just kind of how we do it here in America. Mm -hmm. But people from different countries, they want people to be a little bit more involved in the hosting. Yeah. I wonder if that just comes from us being from Appalachia, though. Help yourself. Yeah, kind of, you know, do your own thing, you know, because that was kind of the mentality that my grandparents carried. Yeah, was. that's exactly why we do it. I, but I kind of like being razzle-dazzled and hosted good when I go to a place. <laughs> well, it depends on who it is. Keeping your clothes on in saunas and steam rooms. While not offensive per se, people from Scandinavian countries and Turkey will think you're rude. Or thank your prude if you keep your clothes on in saunas, spas, and steam rooms. So they want you, they're telling you that if you don't go in your birthday suit, they're going to call you a prude? Yeah. I ain't ever going there. That's considered rude. And a lot of countries refusing food is considered rude. Americans often refuse food to make it easier for their host, but in most Arab countries, like Lebanon, it is considered incredibly rude to reject anything offered, mm. especially food. Mm. Especially food. And finally here, I've got two more. Polishing off your meal. To Americans, finishing a meal shows that uh, shows the host how much you enjoyed the meal. In other countries, like China and the Philippines and Thailand and Russia, it signifies that you're still hungry and that they failed to provide you with enough food. Well, they eat everything, so they're full. And then finally, the last thing is blowing your nose. In countries like China, France, Japan, and Saudi Arabia and Turkey, blowing your nose and public is not only rude, but it's considered repulsive. So they'd rather walk around all the time and like hearing other people's snot. That sounded, that sounded disgusting. 
Well, I was trying to prove a point. I proved my point. <laughs> but I, I can get people have to blow their nose. I get it. You got to blow your nose when when duty calls, but don't do it at the dinner table. Well, now look. Sometimes you've been with me, and I'm like, this can't be stopped because I'm going to sneeze. But go to the bathroom. Get up and go to the bathroom before you blow your nose because it ruins everybody's everybody's meal. <laughs> I feel like he's talking about me again. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, stick with us. We got lots more off the cuff coming at you live after these words. Mobbing in the business, smoking more rocks. Pocket full of mother blue blue guac. Half an ounce in my Gucci two socks. For the summertime, got a new drop. Welcome back, everybody, to Off the Cuff. Adam Banks here with you. Amber is also in studio with me. What I have playing is Young Dolph. Real name, Adolph Robert Thornton, was only 36 years old. And Amber, I'm sure you've heard by now that the world has lost another rapper. He was gunned down yesterday at around 1 p.m. while picking up cookies for his mother at a local shop in Memphis that he frequently visited. Police said that an unidentified gunman entered the store and shot him twice and killed him dead. Wow. Very sad. And he died in Memphis, his hometown. Mm-hmm. Getting cookies for his mommy. Yeah, in, in a safe place, a cookie store. Best place in the world. Where's everybody want to be? At the cookie store? I think that's so jealous. I mean, that's jealousy right there. Somebody could not stand his success and found out when he was going to... They found out his whereabouts, and I mm-hmm. feel like that they've gunned him down. That's... I just don't get it. I don't understand. It's very sad, and being only 36 years old, I, I hate to hear that. But we will play some more Young Dolph music throughout the show. But uh, prayers with his family. Amber, I forgot to mention at the top of the show that we will be giving away UK football tickets today. For which game? The UK versus New Mexico game. And that will be this Saturday at noon. And I made the announcement on Facebook and I told everybody to enter the contest. Mm -hmm. And what kills me is that people just don't follow directions, simple directions. (laughs) I made a, a post on Facebook and I said to enter the contest, like this post, share this post, Tag a friend in a comment and like the off-the-cuff page. So it was a couple things you had to do, but just go through the list and do them. Some people liked the post but didn't share it. Yeah. Some people liked the page but didn't like the post. Yeah. Some people tagged friends but they didn't do anything else. So, so I was like, <laughs> I don't know. I I don't know how you did this list, but did you kind of include just everybody who did a little something? Uh, so I took the mentality that uh, one of my physics professors had. He was our TA. As long as you tried to do something, I gave you full credit for it. Okay. So Okay, so if you attempted to enter this contest, yeah. congratulations, you have entered the contest. And I will be announcing on the show uh, the winner of the two tickets. Now, these are lower-level tickets, and I think that it will be a blast. It's something to do if you got family in town and you want to get them out of your house. Hey, you might be the ones to win these tickets because you have now something to take them to. Well, I mean, we've still got a little bit of time left on the show. You want to tell people what they can do to still enter? Yeah, so I'm not going to announce the winner right now. We still have more time in the show to go. So I will give 
those who have not gotten a chance to enter the competition a chance to do so. All you got to do is go to Off the Cuff's Facebook page, and you will see the photo that I posted of the tickets. Like that post, share the post, tag a friend, and like the Off the Cuff page, and you're entered. And then if you do that, we will go ahead and quickly enter your name in the drawing before it happens. Uh, but we will get more into that later on. Amber, I you know, started the show talking about started talking about uh, Young Dolph, or I've started the segment talking about Young Dolph. Very sad news. So I want to bring the mood up a little bit. Okay. This clip that I'm going to play you has went viral. It's one of the funniest TV arguments I've ever seen. And have you, have you ever heard of a Fox News reporter named Laura Ingram? Unfortunately. She's a conservative uh, TV talk show host that a lot of people aren't fond of, which makes the video so much better. <laughs> because you've heard of the Netflix TV show You. Yeah. Y-O-U, starring Penn Bagley. And this guy who came on the show, his name was Raymond Ariel. He went on, he was a guest on Laura Ingram's talk show. And the two were discussing the public appetite for what they described as woke TV. As an example... Raymond Ariel brought up an episode of Netflix thriller You, in which measles were part of the story. The full exchange was tweeted by the radio host Jay Lawrence, where it sh- was shared more than 45,000 times. And <laughs> since then, I bet you it's been shared more. Take a listen at the encounter between these two. The politics and all those woke storylines in so many shows today. You know, I was watching an episode of uh, You where measles came up. Wait, wait, wait. When did I mention measles? I don't know. It was on you. Wait, what, 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 what was on me? What are you talking about? Right? What is the, the measles hearing what and I'm the saying? I never had the measles. What's on you? We never did a. <laughs> We never did a measles and vaccine episode. Am I, is this a joke? I know. I don't even know it, what you're talking about. It was on you. It was on you. I've never had, Raymond, I've never had measles. What are you talking about? This is stupid. It was an episode of a show, Laura. <laughs> What's it called? You. What you. It it's called you. I've never done a show on measles. I, I just completely give up. We got to get it's out of It's a show I, I give up. called you on Netflix. There's a show called Loring on Netflix. <laughs> what are you Never mind. About? I'm moving on to Adele. I can't explain this to you. The pop about? singer. So that has went viral because she looked like a complete idiot. And how funny was that? <laughs> There's a show on Netflix called Laura Angle. Yeah. He's like, the show's called You. Well, you mean it's called Adam Banks? No, it's called You. I give up. But that was the funniest thing when it was released. And that woman now, Laura Ingram, she can't be taken serious because everything she posts on Twitter or Instagram, people are posting pictures of the TV show You. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Well, you know, she shouldn't have been so angry. Why'd she have to say this is stupid? Why'd she say that? Yeah, she was real offensive because that's who she is. Well. But, Amber, it just goes to show you that... Little small mistakes like that, little small mistakes like that for a reporter can completely destroy your credibility, could destroy your career even. I mean, how long is it going to be before people take Laura Ingram serious again, before they're not going to associate her with this clip now? Oh, I would say it's going to have to be uh, when you is being played on replays. It's going to be a long time, but... 
It's so fragile, isn't it? Being a reporter, being involved in fame, it's really fragile being a part of that. Well, yeah. Because you could be on top of the world one minute, and then something silly like this happens, and your credibility's ruined. Maybe even your your whole career is ruined. I, I, it's going to be interesting to see what happens to Laura Ingram. But it made me start thinking of other reporters that... We're on top of the world at one point in time, but because of things they've said in the media, just little remarks they've said has instantly made people not watch them anymore or lose respect for them and even lose their jobs. Do you remember Megyn Kelly? Yes. Back in 2018, she made some controversial remarks on Halloween where she was saying that she felt like it was nothing wrong with a white person painting their face black for Halloween if you are a black, if you're dressing up as a black person or a a character who was black. She said there was nothing wrong with that. And most people were saying were mortified when she was saying that because they're like, hello, blackface, but she didn't see anything wrong with it. And that got her fired. Take a listen. Back to this moment when Megyn Kelly was hosting her own show called Megyn Kelly Today, and it was just a normal day, (laughs) Halloween, and she made these comments and it got her fired. There was a controversy on The Real Housewives of New York with Luann as she dresses Diana Ross and she made her skin look darker than it really is. And people said that that was racist. And I don't know. I felt like who doesn't love Diana Ross? She wants to look like Diana Ross for one day. I, I don't know how like that got racist on Halloween. So it continues here, her her controversial moments. But, well, what, but what, what is racist? Because, because so truly, you do get in trouble if you are a white person who puts on yes, blackface yes. on Halloween or a black person who puts on whiteface yes. for Halloween. Like, I, that, okay, back when I was a kid, that was okay as long as you were dressing up as like a character. And that- so that got her fired, and she has never landed a big job since. Well, and I think it's uh, pretty fitting. Do you remember Brian Williams? Yes. The former NBC World News anchor? Yes. I mean, he was the face of the news. I think that he was killing it in the ratings. He was the number one guy. But what's the one thing, what's the one quality that a news anchor must have, a national news anchor? Uh, I would say uh, composure. Honesty. Yeah. Honesty. Because the American news anchor is speaking to the American people, and he is, everybody is just assuming that he's being honest. He's not lying. He's not telling the truth. Ain't fibbing on the air. So he lied and got caught up in a lie. So basically this story, uh, and it's just because of this one lie, Mm -hmm. it got him fired, but it just goes to show you just how quickly things can, can go south for you. So Brian Williams was once the most trusted news anchor in America. But all of that changed in February of 2015 during a segment on NBC Nightly News during which the journalist gave a tribute to Sergeant Major Tim Turpak, who served in the Iraq War. Brian Williams, who attended a hockey game with Turpak days before, told viewers about a terrible moment a dozen years back during the invasion of Iraq when the helicopter he says they were in was traveling in, was forced down after being hit by an RPG. After traveling, NBC News team was rescued, surrounded, and kept alive by an armor-mechanized platoon from the U.S. Army 3rd Infantry. So he said that he was shot down in a plane when he really wasn't. Take a listen. The story actually started with a terrible moment a dozen years back during the invasion of Iraq 
when the helicopter we were traveling in was forced down after being hit by an RPG. That's a lie. The previous version. That's a lie. That's a lie. But that right there mm -hmm. got him fired. Well, don't lie. You can't lie. And what happened was people, uh, there were a couple of helicopters in front of him that mm -hmm. got shot down. He His helicopter didn't. He said that his was one, his was included in the helicopters getting shot down. And the people that were in the helicopters that did get shot down who survived said, hey, that's funny. I don't remember your helicopter getting <laughs> shot down. And he got called out and he was demoted and had to go anchor MSNBC and that's when journalist Lester Holt took over. Mm. Mm -hmm. And he had to take a substantial pay cut when he lost that gig. Well, I think it was his. He did come back, I think, and did a uh, correction to that. And he was like, I just wanted to correct it wasn't my helicopter. I was the next one behind. And I'm like, why are you being so rude to your listeners? Yeah, it makes it makes no sense. I guess he wanted to be a part of something catastrophic and sounded I guess cool to be a part of. I mean, you were just tell the truth about your Just tell the it. truth. Yeah. Just tell the truth. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back after these words. But I Everybody to Off the Cuff. Adam Banks here with you. Amber is also in studio with me. That's Morgan Wallen, who is coming to Rupp Arena in just a couple of weeks. December 3rd through the 5th. They had to add more shows, Amber, because apparently the Morgan Wallen ticket is a hot commodity. Now, buddy, I thought Garth Brooks was back in hell on the way they's uh, throwing them show dates up there. It's good to have crowds back in places, isn't it? Uh, well, I mean, is it? I mean, we've seen what happened at Astro World. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, Oof. is it? I don't Yeah, that was terrible, wasn't it? I know. It was like, because we were all just cooped up for so long, it's like now we literally do not know how to act when we get in groups of people now. But Morgan Wallen is one of the first big people to come back to Rupp Arena since the shutdown. A lot of people going to Rupp. I've seen Reba McIntyre's coming. Mm -hmm. Morgan Wallen. What's that little Jojo? She's Siwa. Siwa Kawiki. She's coming to Lexington. <laughs> I butchered that name. Whatever her name is. But Amber... I mentioned that we will be giving away UK versus New Mexico football tickets here on today's show. Uh, there is still time left for you to enter the competition. And uh, all you got to do is get on the Off the Cuff uh, Facebook page and like the page, like the post, and then you're entered into the competition. But you want to go watch UK football. It is a great time to be a UK football fan. Uh, UK smashed Vandy last week, 34-17. And for those who listen to my betting, you have free money in your pocket after the game because the over-under was 52.5. I told you to take the under, and guess what? It went under. But because of this win, Kentucky football is now 7-3, which means... Mark Stoops gets a contract extension. Ah. The Kentucky football coach picks up a one-year contract extension because he got a seventh win. That's the stipulation that 
our athletic director put in his contract. Okay. Getting seven wins will automatically give him another year on his contract. His deal now goes through June the 30th, 2027. The additional year is set to pay him $6.5 million. It's guaranteed for four point. Eight million dollars. So every year that we don't get at least a seven win streak, do we get to deduct like years <laughs> off of his contract? It like if be. it work, does it work both ways? That just shows me that the expectations for UK football was so low back in the day. <laughs> so low. If you get seven wins, you get an automatic extra year. And Bubby, if you go ahead and get us one more win, we'll give you another year. Stoops will earn a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar bonus beginning with the ninth win of each season. So, he's already at seven wins. Mm -hmm. New Mexico, I think he's going to win there. That's eight wins. And if he beats Louisville, he gets $250,000 bonus just by beating Louisville. Mm -hmm. Yeah, $250,000 bonus. And then every other game he wins after that. After that ninth win is another $250,000. He ain't going to be able to do that, though. So, I ain't even going to worry about it. He's got it made at Kentucky. I don't know why he would leave. People were always... I've seen somebody post... On Facebook, when they released this Mark Stoops contract information, they said, anybody who don't agree with this can stop liking UK now. Shut up. (laughs) Tell me how you really feel. So, UK versus New Mexico is our next game, and that's what we're going to be giving tickets away for. Uh, The record, uh, as it stands right now, Kentucky 7-3, New Mexico State 1-9. Oh, wait, what now? Yeah, they've not won many, many games. (laughs) Now, wouldn't that be something if they come up here and made it to a nine real quick? Uh, The series history, Kentucky leads 1-0 in the history of UK versus New Mexico State. Kentucky beat New Mexico State 62-42 to at Kroger Field on September 17, 2016. Kentucky is favored by 36 points. That's a big spread. Yeah. Mark Stoops most of the time, don't cover the spread. So I'm going to say take New Mexico 36, folks, for my betting prediction in that one. Take New Mexico and the 36 points because I don't look for Mark Stoops to cover. But it is that time, folks, for me to go ahead and give away those tickets. So what I'm going to do is play off-the-cuff song of the week. So we'll take a little break. And after the song, we will give away the tickets. And for the song of the week, I'm going to play the number one song in America today. It's Lil Nas and Jack Harlow with Industry Baby. And when we come back, I'm going to be giving away some lower level UK football tickets. Alright, who wants some UK lower level football tickets? Let me hear you scream. That's what I'm talking about right there. So it is now time, ladies and gentlemen, for me to draw for the UK football tickets. Now, let me tell you where these tickets are located. Uh, They will be located in Section 9. Okay. That's pretty low. I like it. Section 9, row 33, seats 20 and 21. So you will be sitting in Section 9, row 33, seats 20 and 21. All right. Am I doing a drum row? Do a little drum row. All right, let me get it squished up really quick. Let me swish it around. All right, and the winter. Not winter, but winter. <laughs> it is winter. And the winter. 
of the UK New Mexico State football tickets is Clayton Whitaker. Congratulations. You have won two tickets to the Kentucky and New Mexico State football game. Now, here is how you claim your tickets. I will, you're going to have to send me your email address. So what I will do is uh, you will email me. My name is, or my email is adambanks1 at yahoo.com. Now, I'll post all this on Facebook and, and, and clear it up for you. But you will email me, and then uh, I will email you the tickets. That seems easy enough. Yeah, I will just email you the tickets, and there we go. Mm-hmm. So congratulations to Clayton Whitaker for uh, winning these tickets. Would just be a crazy game where they really do come in with that, you know, what is it, one and nine record, and right. come in and just blow us out. That'd be crazy. Hey, and Clayton can say he was there. Well, make sure you tag off the cuff when you take your picture. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a break because we got one more segment to go. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody, to Off the Cuff. Adam Banks here with you. Last segment of the hour. Ember is also with me. Amber, have you been keeping up with the hottest court case of 2021, Kyle Rittenhouse? I have. So, Kyle Rittenhouse, he's only 18 years old. He faces life in prison Mm -hmm. if convicted for using an AR-style semi-automatic rifle to kill two men and wound a third during a night of protest against racial injustice in Kenesha in the summer of 2020. The former police youth cadet is white, as were those he was shot. Kyle Rittenhouse testified he acted in self-defense while prosecutors argued he provoked the violence. You know, my thing is, Kyle Rittenhouse, he says he was there to protect a car lot that belonged to his father. He was there to also be a medic to others. I don't buy it. I don't. I think that you should have just stayed home. There's violence. There's chaos going out on the street. Stay home. Stay home. Watch some Say by the Bell. Eat some Pringles. <laughs> drink a Pepsi. You don't have to go with an AR-15 because guess what? Somebody died. Mm-hmm. Two people. Two people died. And now he's trying to to get out of it. I mean, dude, you... You made the bed. You got to lay in it now. That's what I don't understand is it's like you've already admitted, you know, that this happened and it happened. There's nothing we can do to go back and change it. But let's just be honest about, you know, what transpired, you know, because there are two families that need, you know, they want closure. They want, you know, they want justice for their people and they want closure. And I don't feel like anybody's going to get that. During... The closing arguments this past Monday, Prosecutor Thomas Binger said that Rittenhouse was a wannabe soldier who set the daily chain of events in motion by bringing a rifle to a protest and pointing it at protesters just before he was chased. So, if you look at the videos of him walking around, he looks like he's a wannabe soldier. He's got his armor on. It looked like an active shooter. It looked like one of those active shooters that's trying to walk into a high school and shoot it up. That's what he looked like. And now now he realizes he's in a bunch of trouble, duh, mm-hmm. and he wants out of it. 
Well, I just think, you know, the biggest thing is it's it's kind of making a mockery out of our court systems right now. You know, we've got prosecuting attorneys fighting with sitting judges, and, and that's something we've never seen. So what's the latest? Is is there still a verdict to be um, announced? They were back uh, for the second full day of deliberation on a verdict. So we, we're closed out. We're just waiting on the verdict now. Okay, so we will keep you posted on that. But ladies and gentlemen, before we sign off, I want to share some personal news. Um, I have the unfortunate news to tell people that I lost a family member. I lost a first cousin, and I lost her uh, to drugs. And unfortunately, she overdosed, and because of that, I... Um, no longer have a cousin. And, you know, it's so sad because drugs is killing so many good people and killing so many people in general. But it's just a sucky situation. I do not look forward to going to this funeral tomorrow that I have to go to, seeing my family in pain, because when you do drugs, you're not only hurting yourself, but you're hurting your family. And I really hate that this has happened. She was only 34 years old. She was a year older than me. She was a year younger than my sister. So her, me, and my sister, we all grew up together. And due to us growing up together, I have a lot of memories with Brooke. I remember it was because of Brooke, my cousin who died, that... I am alive today because she saved me from drowning in a swimming pool one time, Amber. Oh, how old were you? I was about seven years old, and I'm I'm not even exaggerating the story. She saved my life. Yeah. She, I was swimming in a swimming pool, uh-huh. and I jumped in the deep end because I thought that I didn't need my floaties anymore. Yeah. And I was wrong as I started to sink to the bottom. You realize. My cousin Brooke jumped in and attempted to save me, but I did the one thing that you're not supposed to do, and that's grab a hold of the person trying to save you because I took us both down. Yeah. So uh, let me just take this back. She attempted to save my life. Her mom ended up jumping in and having to save both of us. But I, I just remember she was willing to put her life on the line to just save me. Uh, so many good memories with her. Um, you know, when somebody passes away, you can't help but think about all of the memories that you share. And I specifically remember just holidays with her, singing Christmas carols with her in the living room floor with the family and and always like going on adventures because she was always up for an adventure when we would go to my granny's or uh, an aunt's house. We would go and uh look for haunted houses that we felt like were haunted and and sneak in them yeah things we wasn't supposed to do but we were kids and we played together all the time so i ask everybody just to pray for my family through this difficult situation because tomorrow is not going to be fun that's when uh, we have to bury her Mm. but we got to get a hold on these drugs we got to get a hold on uh the addiction uh, people, too many people are getting addicted. I understand that medicine was created for a good reason, for pain, but there's got to be something that we can create in a lab. I mean, if we got to do something to help pain, but not make it so addictive. Yeah. And I don't know if it's, I know that's easier said than done, but we got to do something. Well, I mean, you know, I understand the 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 extreme lows of losing someone to drugs. You know, I lost my father in 
2014 to an overdose. So it's just it. It's something that will always be uh, kind of with you. And just know that there are other people out there that understand what you're going through. And usually we're pretty welcoming in this crew, unfortunately. That's right. But, ladies and gentlemen, that about wraps it up for another episode of Off the Cuff. You can listen to all of our previous episodes by tuning in and subscribing to us on podcasts. We're on iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube. We release live episodes every Thursday from 4 to 5 right here on WLXU 93.9 FM. And you can follow my co-host, Amber, at Ambu447. Uh, what is it? Ambu447? Yeah. yeah not Am- hot to try. Not too hot to try. Ambu447. And you can follow me, the host, at The Adam Banks. Where can they follow off the go? Yeah, I'm struggling today here. What's wrong with Sorry, you? I started with that personal announcement, and now it's just, it's got me fedazzled to end the show. But yes, you can listen to all of our previous episodes, which I've already said, but you can follow <laughs> Off the Cuff on social media by going to Off the Cuff with Adam Banks on Facebook and Instagram. Ladies and gentlemen, that is Ember Turner. I'm Adam Banks, and this is Off the Cuff. We will see you next Thursday, I should say, for our Thanksgiving special. We will be in studio on Thanksgiving. I am making Ember work on Thanksgiving again. On Turkey Day again. On Turkey Day, just you have my permission to bring some food into the studio. Well, now look at it. This ain't a place we serve food. Not customary. Exactly. But... We will be in studio next week, and we will end the show with some young Dolph. I promise you some more music, and here is one of his biggest songs that he had called Preach. We'll see you next week, everybody. Only when I do speak, if it don't work, he'll fucking leave. Preach.